Militarily Speaking, Episode 36, Operation Gratitude. This episode, we talk with Carolyn Blaschek, founder and interim CEO, Operation Gratitude. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and Jody Vickery. I'm the regional military executive for Armed Forces Bank, and Jody's concerned about the score of her daughter's basketball game. She is the executive vice president, director of military consumer lending. I want to give them a, where, where you were today with the basketball. Uh, where I was mentally earlier yeah. today? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was waiting anxiously for an update from my daughter who's playing in her first high school basketball game today at a team camp. And so they don't stream it, they don't update, you just got to wait, and then my information comes from a 14-year-old. So (laughs) yeah, it's sketchy at best. So yes, so thank you for that. I'll let you know how it goes once I hear from her. But welcome again to our show. We're excited to have our audience listening and learning all about Operation Gratitude via our guest today, Carolyn Blaschek. I have a little bit of background to share with our audience about Carolyn, just so you know who we're, who we're communicating with today. It's, it's a fantastic story. After 9-11, Carolyn felt a passionate desire to help fight the war on terrorism. Although then a 46-year-old mother of two, her first thought was to join the military. She quickly found out she was too old for duty and started volunteering instead at the military lounge at LAX. One day in March of 2003, a soldier broke down at her desk. He was on emergency leave from a war zone to bury his mother. His wife had left him and his only child had died as an infant. He had no one else in his life. And he said to her, I'm going back over there. I won't make it back this time, but it really doesn't matter because no one would even care. And I think that would be what we would call a pivotal moment, Carolyn. And right then you realize that when the bullets are flying, troops need to know that someone cares about them as an individual. And that's how Operation Gratitude was born. I can't wait to hear in her own words a little bit more about that. Sure. But a little bit more background about Carolyn. From 2003 to 2017, she devoted herself full-time to the development and direction of Operation Gratitude. President and Mrs. Bush twice invited her to the White House to thank her and the organization for their invaluable support of our military. In January of 2008, at the invitation of the commanding general, Blaschek personally delivered the 300,000th care package containing the keys to a new Jeep Liberty to a soldier deployed in northern Iraq. Aptly named vehicle, right? Right. First Lady Michelle Obama, Dr. Jill Biden, and 25 members of Congress and the Obama administration joined her and 12,000 volunteers on the National Day of Service in January of 2009 to assemble 85,000 care kits for Operation Gratitude packages. Carolyn delivered the one millionth care package containing keys to a donated Ford F-150 truck to a sailor deployed on a U.S. Navy ship engaged in combat support activities in the Gulf of Oman. In 2010, the California First Lady Maria Shriver presented Carolyn with the Minerva Award. Minerva. Is that right, yeah. Carolyn? Minerva yes, Award? Mm-hmm. Extraordinary service on the front lines of humanity. Just an amazing, amazing backstory. Carolyn, you're a member of New York and California bars. You practiced law at Loeb and Loeb, was associate counsel for Hilton Hotels Corporation, taught as a visiting professor at Whittier Law School, and has a certificate in mediation. I think I wanted that to say meditation, but it says me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you might just take a moment. Take a moment. Yes. While raising children full time, she's had several charitable and school based organizations and led them and was president of the board of the Women's Care Cottage, a shelter for homeless women and children. And she's currently the senior advisor to Operation Gratitude CEO. 
on top of all of this, a little bit about you on a personal level. You've got your husband, Robert, fellow law school classmate. Together, you've raised two children, three dogs, several cats. And your, your daughter, who I'm sure you're proud of, Jenna, is a social worker and the mother to your grandchildren, Justin and Haley. And your son, Jordan, is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and JDMBA is co-founder and COO of America's Frontier Fund, a venture facility for public benefit. So, you know, I'm exhausted just reading about you. <laughs> I think that's all fantastic. And one last thing I would say for the past five years, you've served as a senior advisor to the Operation Gratitude CEO, and you're currently serving as their interim CEO. So I don't know how you do it all. I think you must have been gifted more hours in the day than maybe Tom or I combined. Yeah, no kidding. Perhaps. I don't. You I, know, there's more accolades for Carolyn that she she probably knows about, but our audience might not know about it, about, you know, the fifth district woman of the year recently. Is that right? Uh, I get yes. Some years ago, yes. (laughs) And you also volunteer with Bob Hope USO, right? And man, there's just a lot. And a lot that you do with the programs in the organization itself, too. And and one more tidbit. So I looked up Barnard College, right? I wanted to know (laughs) I wanted to know more about that. And it's it gets high rankings as one of the best liberal arts college in the country. And it's Named after the gentleman that was the 10th president of Columbia University. It was kind of cool to read that. I went to Denison University, oh, wow. which is just in Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio. I yeah. always say that's the Harvard of the Midwest, but that might be a little bit embellishment. But no, I congrats- think it, that's my, my impression of it as well. Well, good. Well, congrats yeah. on that. Though, I mean, Columbia for the law, law school and Barnard, that's high accolades for those two universities, colleges. Well, thank you. Well, I would say welcome, Carolyn. It is it is clearly our honor to have you on the show today, and we're just grateful that you're here with us. It's evident already in just sharing that that Operation Gratitude's done an amazing amount of good work over the past 20 years. Can you tell us, in your words, how Operation Gratitude got started? I know I had the little bit of the story in your bio, but I think it would be powerful to hear that from you directly. Oh, well, thank you so much. And really, the honor is mine to be here, so I appreciate your inviting me. Well, the blurb that you read, you know, tell, tells the story basically that this really was all started because of 9-11. And I was from New York originally and grew up there and my whole family was there. And on September 11th, I actually, I, my parents were supposed to be in the towers that day meeting oh, with wow. financial advisors. So I didn't know until the very end of the day that they were actually fine because it took them all day to get back home. Wow. But I, it was very clear to me at the, that, that day that we were a country under attack. And I felt at the time that I had already lived a good part of my life. And I looked at my children. I did not want them to have to, to fight this war. And I, I felt, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out there myself. And I did try to join, went to all the different recruiting stations because each one I went to said, no, you're too old. Oh, no, you're too old. Oh, no, you're too old. I'm like, Okay. But then, so then I went home, <laughs> to be really honest, I went home and I started calling them. So I figured, okay, if they can't see me. They're not going to maybe figure it out. <laughs> and they still said, well, ma'am, you're too, they would always get around to, well, how old are you? I said, oh, that doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, yes, ma'am, it's it just does. A number. It's <laughs> just a number. It's just a number. It's just a number. Well, you know, I work out every day. You know. <laughs> ma'am, you're too old. So I really felt, okay, then as a civilian, I need to find a way to show my support and, and do my part. And interestingly enough, you know, if you dial back the, the calendar and the clock all that time and go back to 2001, there, there really were very, very few military support organizations in existence at that point. Right. A lot of it was the, the Cold War dividend that, you know, we, we weren't 
in at war. And so people just didn't really think about it. Uh, there was no draft, et cetera, et cetera. And I kept trying and looking and there was nothing. So eventually I did find the military lounge down at LAX, but that had pretty much been shuttered. But we, you know, a bunch of us kind of got involved and started volunteering there. And obviously it was needed at that point because as a result of 9-11, troops were starting to mobilize again and, and come, through, you know, go through LAX quite a bit. So I did start volunteering there once or twice a week and did that for a good year and a half. And then in March of 2003, I was in the facility completely by myself on a Friday afternoon and a soldier came in very, very distraught, asked for a chaplain. And to be honest, I panicked because I thought I have, if someone's asking for a chaplain, I have not been trained to handle this. Huh, and right. I grabbed the phone. I said, listen, I'll, I'll get someone here, you know, as quickly as possible. He said, no, my plane's leaving soon. Please, can we just talk? And that's when we sat down and he explained to me that he had been on emergency leave to bury his mother. His wife had left him years back and his only child had died. And he said to me, for the first time in my 20 year career, I'm going to a war. I know I'm not making it back this time but it really doesn't matter because no one would care. And it was, as you can imagine, it was a devastating moment for me. How we got through that moment is, is a whole different story that, you know, the conversation he and I had, but once he left, I was, I was really just dumbfounded and, and I broke down in tears and I thought I need to do more than just serve hot dogs, you know, at this lounge, I, I need to do more. And I really thought to myself, well, what can I do? And, my children, when they were younger, used to, we live in California, but having grown up on the East Coast, many of us on the East Coast went to summer camps for two months at a time. And so we, my husband did also, and we decided we were going to send our kids to summer camps for two months. And so we did. And every year that they went, every week I would send a care package or a package. I mean, I guess we just called it a package at the time, you know, right. just with fun <laughs> stuff. And every single day I would write them a letter, even if it was just a postcard thinking about you. And I thought, okay, well, that's what I'll do for the troops. Easier said than done, as it turns out, you know, because whereas in previous conflicts, you could write a letter or send a package addressed to any American soldier, and it would actually get delivered somewhere because of 9-11, and particularly because of the anthrax scares afterwards Mm -hmm. with the power, they changed the regulations so that you actually had to have the name and deployment address of somebody in order to send something to them on the theory that if you had that information, which is pretty confidential, that they had to have given it to you and therefore trusted you with it. And so... I did not know a soul at that time. I mean, my life just was such that I had not come across people who were serving. And so I thought, well, how am I going to do this? <laughs> so I started everywhere I would go. When I'd go to the market, I'd say, hey, anybody here know? I mean, literally, I'd look around. <laughs> anybody here know someone serving? If you do, tell me and, and I'll send a care package to them. Well, one day I was, and it turned out, it was a day or two before the invasion of Iraq happened. I was searching online and I I ended up in a chat room and I was saying, I want to send care packages. Does anyone know someone who's serving? And this one woman from Florida, I I won't say her name, but this one woman from Florida (laughs) said, yes, actually I've got, I I have the names and addresses of four women soldiers who are on the border of Kuwait and they're, they're waiting for the invasion to start. They've run out of all their female supplies and they've just emailed me saying that they're desperate. I said, done. I went to Costco and then she said, she gave me their names and addresses. I went to Costco, got one of the, the big uh, pallet things, yeah. loaded it up with 
female supplies as well as all kinds of snacks and everything else. And I got to the checkout line and I could see people actually moving away from me. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sending this to the troops. This is for the troops in Iraq. And not all for me. I mean, I swear to you, people were pulling $20 bills out of their pockets and handing it to me. It was the most touching. And all of a sudden I was sort of like, wow, something's going on here. This isn't just me. I mean, everybody feels this way. And so I came home, I packed those things up and literally sent sent out those first, and they were huge cartons, packages on the day the invasion started. And wow. so so that was in, in March of 2003. And, uh, you know, I included in those packages letters just saying, you know, who I was and, I, you know, listen, I'm just a housewife and, you know, in, in <laughs> California, but I really care. I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. And if you know anybody else who would like to receive care packages, somehow, whether by writing or if you can email, get in touch with me and I'll send packages to them too. And it really was just a very grassroots thing on both sides of of the world. Uh, You know, here people started hearing about what I was doing and people were calling to the USO, they were calling the Red Cross. And, you know, I knew people at those places. And so they would, the people would answer the phone and say, hey, you know, if you want to send packages, this volunteer of ours, Carolyn is doing it. So get in touch with her. And so people would then start just dropping off donations on my doorstep. I mean, literally on my doorstep. And at the same time, the word was spreading over overseas in Iraq and, and Kuwait. And, you know, hey, this woman's sending camera. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it by myself. But people, you know, all, all over LA were dropping stuff off for me. And, uh, you know, every, every day and every week, I would just package these things up and take 20, 25, ultimately 50 packages a week down to the local post office. And I would spend the entire day there because they, you know, go through the (laughs) customs forms and processing and all that. But did that for, oh, several months, sent about 650 care packages of my own. And they were big care packages. And then in August of 2003, I was starting to run out of supplies. And somebody said to me, well, you know, there's this armory in Van Nuys. Why don't you go over there? They've got a bunch of donations that people have dropped off there and maybe they'll give you some. And so I went over to that armory, just rang the bell and knocked on the door. And uh, this cold woman, call. yeah, this yeah. woman soldier opens the door. It was, uh, her name was uh, Staff Sergeant Elizabeth Cowie. And she said, what do you want? And I, I told her and she said, come on in. And we started talking. It turned out she was doing the exact same thing I was. People would wow. drop off donations at the armory and she would package them up. And she did know troops, you know, overseas mm-hmm. and, and several of her friends, in fact, who were over there. And we kept talking, talking, talking. And we, I said, you know, I'm starting to realize that the holidays are now around the corner and they're all still going to be there. We all thought the war would be over by August, right? We thought mm-hmm. we'd get Hussein and be up. No. So now we're realizing it's going to keep going. And she said, hey, let's join forces. You move your stuff in here. I'll open it up. I'll provide the logistics for you. We can have volunteers because I wouldn't let people, you know, come to my home and, and help me. I mean, my friends, I would. But, and let's see what happens. And that was how it all started. Wow. <laughs> so you just stumbled across the real estate to be able to do this endeavor, right? Yes. And it was just... It- well, you that made it. all the difference. It made all yeah. the difference because we, we had that facility for free for 13 years. And, oh, wow. you know, we couldn't have afforded to do this otherwise if, if we had had to pay, you know, rent on, on a warehouse. I mean, now we're in a warehouse, but it's, it's a fortune. And frankly, that's getting harder <laughs> and harder to, to cover oh, yeah. as well. 
I well, think I love the part of the story in Costco where when they found out what you were doing, people were pulling money. I, I mean, that was such Uh-oh. a, I mean, it made me think about that. That was just a little bit of a different time, I think, in yes. our country. I mean, I was younger at the time and I remember my parents had the yellow ribbon around the tree in the front yard and we didn't know anybody either directly, but it was just sort of a national sentiment. Yes, it, it really was. And, and the sad thing is that, you know, today, it's, you know, it's 20, well, it's 22 years later, really. People are going back to that pre 9-11 mentality and they don't think about the troops as much. Right. You know, it's not on the front pages. They're, the body bag mm-hmm. pictures aren't on the front pages. And so it, it really, and, you know, I know you were going to ask me about the op-ed that I wrote with General mm-hmm. Hurtling. And that right. really was the message that we were trying to convey, that even though it, it's not on the front pages, the fact is deployments are higher than they ever were and higher than they were 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when we were really, you know, sort of in the heyday of, of, of developing and growing. The pace and, and the numbers are much higher, and yet people aren't thinking about them. We are, and we're, th- we're right. certainly thinking about the troops, and we're thinking about their families all the time. And that's, that's why we keep on going. That Lieutenant General Hurtling that you just yeah. mentioned, when when I saw that video, when you were going back and forth, where <laughs> right. he says you don't you don't know who I am or something. I've I've got thirty nine thousand people that you need to serve, and then you said I don't you don't know who I am, and then the next <laughs> thing you know, you delivered thirty nine thousand care packages. Yeah, it was it was great. So the interesting thing is that General Hurtling was really responsible on the military side for really giving us that boost to become a very mainstream organization. And because he was the first high level military person who recognized the power of what we could do and and the, the morale boost that we could provide to all the troops who were deployed. And the funny story, the backstory with him is that I was so naive about the military. I didn't even know what a general was. And somebody sends me an email in all the hundreds of emails I was getting in those days and says, here's the, here's the email address of a general in Iraq. Write to him and ask for troop names and you'll get them. I'm like, okay. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> zero oh, intimidation right, right. factor. So, dear General Hurtling, I swear to you, I had no idea, you know, what, what I was or who I was addressing. And so, you know, I said, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I send care packages. And if you send me the names of all your trips, I'll send them all packages. And that's when he wrote back and said, I'm sorry, but I don't think you know who I am. I'm the assistant division commander of the first armored division. And I've got 39,000 <laughs> troops. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, send me their names. Yeah. We'll get packages to them. I love that. So, and the response was, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and the, the way I ended up in Iraq for the 300,000 package was some, some years later, obviously, it was a few years later that we got to that high number. But this, the soldier who was going to get that package was actually one of General Hurtling's soldiers were under his general command. He was back at that point as the mm. assistant com- division commander or as the division commander. And I emailed him. I said, hey, guess what? One of your soldiers is getting this package. It's going to have the keys to a Jeep. And, you know, can oh. you do something fun for the delivery? And he said, well, how's this for fun? You come bring it yourself. So that's how I got um, to do that. It was fabulous. Too cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Great. We should have Carolyn put together a training manual for how to do business development and sales <laughs> and sales calling because you're not afraid to knock I on doors. No fear. <laughs> you're not afraid to write emails to anybody, regardless of title. She's focused right? on right. the right one. Well, Just honestly, get, I mean, get the mission done. Yeah, yeah, that was how it all started. You know, I mean, in terms of getting products for the care packages, I I actually would take the the 
monthly Costco magazine. And I would look at all the ads from all the different companies that provided products there. And I would then hunt them down and, or I would find things that I thought would be appropriate. And I would hunt down the company and I would just make phone call after phone call until somebody would say yes. So every day I would do at least 20 phone calls of trying to find product donations. And maybe I would get one yes if I was lucky. The word tenacious is like running through my mind. Right now. <laughs> well, it was passion. Love it. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was the passion that motivated me because I just so desperately wanted to say thank you and to make yeah. sure that every one of those soldiers and Marines and airmen and, and cause everybody knew that we cared. I think especially around the January, February, March timeframe when they send Girl Scout cookies out there. To, yep. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want a Girl Scout cookie? Exactly. Right? And we get loads of them. So, and we love I'll sending bet. them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So let's go to the programs for Operation Gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stats are awesome. I think people can look at your website. Say your website, Carolyn, for us, www.operationgratitude.com. All right, we're going to keep talking about that. But I'm just going to throw out a couple of numbers, 3.8 million care packages. They do about 200,000 a year, about half a million handmade with love items, almost 20,000 battalion buddies to military kids. So, and a lot of it, a lot of volunteers, over 6,000 volunteers, and just a lot of people that you are impacting on a daily basis in the military community. But talk about the program specifically, maybe isolate a couple, maybe talk about battalion buddies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, our battalion buddy program is probably now my favorite program. So battalion but- buddies are actually our trademark, very special stuffed animal, the stuffed teddy bears that have the Operation Gratitude logo on the paw, and they're dressed in, they're these stuffed, they're the softest, most cuddly stuffed animal you've ever had. <laughs> so go to your, go to your website, is, go to the store on your one. website, right, and yes. or, order a hundred. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but what's special about them is two things. One, they are stuffed by Operation Gratitude volunteers. So we don't buy them already made. We, we just get, we source the skins for them. And then uh-huh. we have volunteers actually filling them. So it's a wonderful volunteer activity. And then they all have this adorable camouflage uniform that we dress them in in a hat. And then they wear a little tag that's sort of like a dog tag that basically says, hi, I'm, I'm your battalion buddy. And I'm here to cuddle with you while your mom or dad is, is deployed or is away. And so what we do is we work with the family resource groups when there's a a unit that's going to deploy, we will, and and they're going to have usually a going away party or or not party, but a a going away event. We will provide a care package for all the children of those deployed troops. And each one of those packages has one of these battalion buddies in them. And so it's really, it's a very special thing. And some of the feedback we've gotten has just been so beautiful. In fact, I, I, did an interview recently with Captain Donay, who is the mother of a, a little one, one or two year old girl named Jordan, sort of ironic because my son's name is Jordan too. But, and she's deployed and her husband is also a soldier and he's deployed at the same time. So little wow. Jordan is being raised right now by a nanny while both her parents are gone. And we actually provided two battalion buddies <laughs> for mm. little Jordan, one for her mom and one for her dad. And there's pictures of Jordan on on our website holding both of those bears. And oh, it's just, it's really quite moving. But there's lots of stories like that where the children will sit the, be- the battalion buddy in their parents' chair, you know, at dinner as though they were there. They'll sleep with oh, them. Nice. I mean, it's really, yeah. it's, it's a very, very sweet program. 
that's something that they're going to carry with them for their entire life, either yeah. mentally or physically. They're going to have that as something that reminds them of the value of what it, what it means to serve and that exactly. you've got family family supporting our, our country. Right. Very much right. so, very much so. My, we weren't connected with you personally years ago, but my when my husband was serving, we made a bear for my son dressed uh-huh. in a camo. And he still has it. And he's 18 yeah. years old. You're so. always going to really? remember that. Oh, yeah. oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That's wonderful. Yes. So I may keep it when my son moves away to college here in a few weeks. And <laughs> I, I need something that's not Well, I will be honest with you. When my son, and so my son ended up joining the Marine Corps years after I started Operation Gratitude. And boy, I never thought that I would ever be making my own, you know, care packages for my own child. Uh-huh. But when he was deployed and I would be at, at the armory and, you know, overseeing an assembly day or something. I would carry around a battalion buddy with me all the time. I mean, it, so it was just as much for a, pa- a parent. And oh, yeah. I've, I've often joked, well, we should really provide these battalion buddies for mothers and spouses too. Because right. <laughs> that was, it was like a lifeline for me. Oh, yeah. Something, just something to hang on to for mm-hmm. sure. So you've been doing this for, for a while, a couple of decades, matter of fact. What are the secrets to your success? I mean, we have the pleasure of talking to a lot of different organizations, all with kind of a common thread of trying to do the right thing for the people that serve and their families. What has, what has caused you to be successful? Maybe give our audience a little bit of a view behind the curtain. I think we've heard some of your leadership style already and some of your answers just with the, the persistence, the tenacity, you're clearly focused on the why, but what other things would you say have led to your overall success? That's an interesting question. Well, I would say that there's two parts to that, to the answer. One is sort of the business part, and then the other is maybe the more personal heart part. <laughs> the, yeah. on, on the business side, you know, I think right from the, the get-go, I realized that this was a business, you know, and, and it was, a, it, it is a corporation, you know, in order to be in 501c3, you have to be incorporated and you have to have a board, you know, and all the, the proper things. And I, what I realized was that the bottom line was not, a, or what was under the bottom line wasn't going to go out to stockholders. It was going to go back into the business. And that's what made it a nonprofit. And just, so I, I would always start out with the theory that we can only do what we can afford to do. So financially, we had to be very careful and that we were deal- we could never just manufacture more widgets. We could only provide, we could only meet people's charitable intent and people's charitable intent with Operation Gratitude was to send another care package, to be able to say thank you to, to service members. And so I always kept that very front and center, you know, is doing X going to contribute towards sending that care package and saying thank you to a service member who's deployed. And so the I always had the ultimate respect for our, our donors' dollars. So that that I would say was sort of on the business side of, of just making sure that we were staying within budget and that we were honoring our donors' intent. On the personal side, I think it was really about passion, you know, and yeah. just feeling so strongly in the mission. But it wasn't just me. It was Everyone who was involved with Operation Gratitude, first of all, we were all volunteers for the first nine or 10 years. I mean, nobody got paid. This thing was really built, built on the backs of volunteers. Many of those volunteers, particularly the, the really key ones who we call them blue shirts, which is sort of a Navy, you know, term, they were the, the volunteers who stepped up and they would, they would go to that army every single day. And then when we would do the, the assembly days, we would do it three days in a row. We would do like long weekends or, or two days in a row if it was a regular weekend. And they were the ones who really built the organization. And many of them were Vietnam veterans. 
And so for them, there, there was a whole other meaning mm-hmm. of, of doing this, you know, of over oh, sure of moving past what they had experienced and, and trying to ensure that, that no service member ever had the, the response that they had, you know, that they yeah, had right. to live through. So, you know, I, I got, I blessed them all the time because they were the ones who built this. You know, I was mostly sitting behind a computer and on the phone and, you know, pushing it all forward. But it was really those volunteers who made this all happen. And, and in my opinion, still continue to make it happen because we really are a very, very volunteer focused organization. And we, we, I've always said we have a dual mission. It's to say thank you to the service members, but it's also to provide opportunities for every American to say thank you. Well, those are the volunteers. Those are the people right. who are doing the things that create the care packages and get them sent out. I think people, I still believe a lot, most people are good. And to provide yeah. a way for them to figure out how to channel that good towards something that's valuable and important to them is, is a service on the back end of this too. So yeah, I love that it's dual purpose. Well, exactly. And and whenever we think about what we can do as Operation Graduate, you know, it's it's always about is there is there another thing that we can have volunteers do? You know, is there another yeah. activity that we can provide, not just at our facility, you know, or on an assembly line, but also from their homes, from their schools, from their churches, from their workplaces? You know, we always are looking for ways for people to get their hands dirty, so to speak, and, and actually yeah. be active. I think one of your qualities is leadership by example. You set the stage 20 years ago. You got, you got your hands dirty, you were hands on. And when people see that from a leadership perspective, they will gravitate to you and they will share that same passion because you sort of invoke that and you do, it's a zero tolerance policy, right? Just <laughs> right. show the passion and share the passion. You've got, I'm going to switch gears a little bit to your partners out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some partners for Operation Gratitude. So tell us about a little bit about those partnerships and how they've advanced your mission mm-hmm. over the years. Well, thank you for asking about that. Yes, we've had many, many corporate partners over the years. And, and you know, I hate to even name one, any, any yeah, one of them, because I, I will yeah, insult so many all. others. Yeah. But it really goes back to the very first year when we started getting corporate donations. So the early partnerships were mostly donations of product that could go into the care packages. Over time, those relationships expanded to include financial support, which is obviously critical. And as we've grown and, and all that, and, and especially when, when we started to have to pay for our own facility, everything became way more expensive. So the, the corporate financial part was great. But then what we also started doing after about 10 years was these employee engagement activities. So we would partner with companies that wanted to provide uh, volunteer opportunities for their own employees, but on their, on their premises, not on our premises. And so we would, we've created a whole engagement program where companies will bring us in and have their, their employees make battalion buddies, for example, or make the paracord lanyards or, or bracelets, do letter writing campaigns, fill up care packages, or we call them expo bags now, or we've got care pouches for the first responders, or just care kits, you know, of, of putting yeah. together five or six items, usually five, like hygiene type items. Like toilet, toiletry stuff. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, into the plastic bags, which is very helpful for us on our end when we then want to go make our, the care packages, then just that packet becomes one of the items on, on the assembly line. And so those kinds of partnerships have been phenomenal. And the reason I loved it so much was that 
while my my mission was to provide an opportunity for every American, you know, to to say thank you and, and to find their their place at Operation Gratitude, when companies would open themselves up to having activities at their facility for their employees, that opened up all these new people for us, all these new volunteers, oh, yeah. you know, and we were they were helping us reach new communities of people. And sometimes the companies would open it up even beyond their employees to their local communities. And so that was the way we could get Operation Gratitude, you know, our tentacles all through the country. <laughs> True. Yeah. And and that's what I loved about that program. Yeah, no, I I was just I was thinking uh, about you, what she said. I know you're absorbing and thinking it. Thinking about yeah. how we might do something here. I know. I'm was, thinking oh, down the, yeah. if it's not Van Nuys or LA or New York, somewhere in between here in Kansas City, Missouri, we yeah. should be doing the same kind of thing or Fort Leavenworth. Oh, that'd be wonderful. All the locations well, where I we have, have armed forces like bank that for even yeah. corporate headquarters, which isn't located near a military installation, to give yeah. that group who also care deeply about the the clients that we serve an opportunity to give back. Yeah. So sorry, I was I was chasing that, was that awesome. in my own mind <laughs> and, and how we how we might pull that off. Uh, yes. well, we would love that. We'll we'll definitely yeah. work with you on that. That'd be fun. Awesome. awesome, awesome. I wrote. See, I even wrote it down with the check mark. I know that, that's my things to do flag. So let I, I know Tom a few minutes ago talked about some of the results that are available on your website. I want to give you a chance to uh, expand on those or to offer up other ways to look at that. You do the good work that we've talked about with the care packages and the handmade items. I'd love to hear some more about those too. But are, would you expand on any of the results that Tom shared in terms of the number of care packages or the people that you've had a chance to connect with or volunteers that have served, any of those things? I think the scope scope is amazing here of what you've done. You're sweet. Well, I mean, I could I could speak to all of those things. Well, as as you mentioned, we've now sent over 3.8 million care packages, which which is a wonderful thing. I I think that you know that that's a big number, but mm -hmm. the bigger number is actually if you think about the number of hands that touch those mm -hmm. care packages, yeah. because that to me is really what's important. I mean, every single care package is filled with anywhere from what maybe 20 to 40 items. And those items have come either from companies or many of them have come from individual Americans or groups around the country that either did collection drives or, or the handmade items, which are really special to us. You know, the, the handmade scarves, the, the paracord, the letters. We, we've got a bunch of other, you know, cute handmade kinds of things that, that we encourage people to do. So there are all those hands. And then there's, you know, getting it to the post or, or getting it for shipping from their location to us and at our location. And then we have volunteers at our facility who sort all that stuff out and they, you know, into inventory. And then we have the assembly days and all that stuff is brought out onto the floor and the volunteers help with that. And then the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers will come in on an assembly day. And we set up the line and there's people behind the line putting the product into the packages. And then there's people walking the line, pushing the packages. And then there's people who tape it. And then there's people who, you know, run it over to the bin. And then there's people who put the labels. So every care package is probably touched by some 25, 50 people or so. Yeah. And then there's the one recipient. But then there's more than the recipient. There's all of their, their comrades around, you know, because sometimes we'll just get an individual name and that person will get the p package and they'll share it with everyone in their unit. Mm -hmm. Or if the whole unit gets our packages at once, they'll also be sharing. But then there's their, lo their loved ones and their family back home that see that also that the American people are supporting their loved one while, while deployed, you know, so, so 
the ripple effects of what we do are, are huge. So that number 3.8 million packages sounds great. And it is. I mean, I'm, I'm not denying it because it's every one of those number. care packages <laughs> cost a lot of money to send. Yes. Um, you know, $25. Well, it used to be $15, but now everything's gotten so much higher. It's $25 a package. So it, that's, that's a big number and it's a lot, but it's, it reflects so much more and so many more people who've, who've participated. So even the number that you gave about 6,000 volunteers, I mean, that's like at any given moment, we've got 6,000 right. people, you know, around the country who are doing something at that moment for Operation Gratitude. Yeah. The fact is we've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of volunteers. Yeah, times each years. day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, literally takes the village. You were going to, uh, that artsy craftsy stuff that you talked about, the handmade. That is not my forte. That, but I got, do you ever put, <laughs> do you put parameters around what, what those oh, what handmade with send. love mm -hmm. items? Yeah. I mean, you probably get some unique, unique items, don't you? <laughs> we could, but yes, so, we, we so do have, can't be sent. Yeah. we have specific lists of things and we've got instructions for how to make them and, okay. you know, parameters. In, I mean, cause uh, you know, listen, we'd love to send blankets, but we, you know, our box is just so big and it's not going to fit a big blanket. We do, we will provide those to the VAs or something like that. But the scarves, we need them to be a certain size so that they'll fit in the care package along with all the other okay. stuff, you know, and the paracord lanyards or bracelets are made with a certain length of, of paracord because we want, we tell the recipients, you have five feet of paracord in this bracelet or this lanyard. So if you need it in an emergency, just know that's how much you've got. So we want to make sure that every Consistent, everyone is made yeah. with that amount of cord. So yeah, so that's our, our Handmade with Love program. And actually, we have a whole Facebook group called Operation Gratitude in Action um, that's run by our, our staff member, Kelly, who's been with us forever. And she's in charge of the whole Handmade with Love program. And she meets with those people all the time. And, and they've, I mean, it's, it's like a, a whole community unto itself, which is really beautiful. But then we've got all, all kinds of other things. Like we've got a program called Sense for Service that is, we just encourage people or groups to take all their loose coins and throw them into a jug and collect them and then send it out to, you know, get it trans, you know, transferred into a, a, a check and then send it to us. That's something that can, everybody can do where they work, where they live, where they, you know, pray, where they learn, et cetera. And that, that program is really fun because that was actually started, or the idea of it was started by two fifth grade girls years and uh, years ago. Lemonade stand or, or round up <laughs> Essentially, your money. Yeah. but they came up yeah. with the idea. They called it at the time Sense for Soldiers. They yeah. put it out in their, in their classroom for their little elementary school. God love those girls. In 10 days, they raised almost $2,000 and oh, they sent awesome. it to us with the story. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> We changed the name for ourselves to Sense for Service because we didn't want it to just seem to, you know, just, we don't want to just use the word soldiers. Right. And, right. and it's one of my favorite programs because again, everybody can do it. And it, you know, it doesn't cost anything just to collect that money. And everybody hates having coins, right? I <laughs> so. first, I, when you first said that, I thought it was SENSE. -E, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell Carolyn, maybe we should call it like CENTS, right? I don't think you should share those ideas. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> Think you should sometimes think inside, <laughs> just think inside your own head. Yes. I was trying to come up with a marketing spin on, but she already did that. Yeah, I yeah. think she's got it covered if I was going to go out yeah. on a limb. Yeah. So if, if people want to get involved, Carolyn, I know we talked about your website too. And we've talked to most of our conversation about how important volunteers are for you. Is, mm -hmm. 
Is it just go to your website and see how they can help? It, yes, uh, absolutely. OperationGratitude.com is the way to go. Listen, we, of course, like every nonprofit in, in existence, we always need money. We always need money. As I said, every care package costs $25 a package to send. But I also appreciate the fact that not everybody can, can afford to send lots of care packages financially. But I also know that everybody wants to do something. And yeah. the, the go- our goal is to provide a place for every American at Operation Gratitude. If it's a matter of just writing letters or drawing, if you're too young to write, you can draw a picture. And trust me, those troops love the kids' pictures and <laughs> they decorate their tents or their huts or their, you know, their, where they're staying with those pictures. And, and it's beautiful. Those are labors of love in a lot of different ways. yeah, And so meaningful. And interestingly enough, I mean, uh, over the years, we've gotten so many letters back from the recipients that will say, you know, everything in the package was great. But, you know, I I, I ended up watching the movie. I ate all the food. I used up all the hygiene products. But the letters were so meaningful to me. And I've kept them all these, you know, and that's what they will bring home with them is those letters and the scarves and and paracords. Do they ever, when after they run out of the supplies in their care package, do they send you a note back saying, I need another one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. I mean, we try not to set, I mean, because we want to make sure that everybody's getting at least Everybody one during one, yeah. the deployment. Yeah. But we've had, we had, in fact, to me, that was the greatest honor was when a service member was or the buddies, deployed yeah. again. Right, for their buddies or a year or two later when somebody would be deployed again and they would write to me and say, Hey, you know, we got your packages last time. It was so great. It was such a morale boost. We're back here again. Can you send us again? And to me, that was truly the greatest honor we could have. I think one of the items I saw was uh, like a video game, right? Uh huh. Yep. You've sent those out there before. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're going big time. Yeah. (laughs) Going from Q-tips to video games. Right. That's a way way for them to pass the time. Yeah. Well, that's where we thank our corporate sponsors, you know, who donate those kinds of things en masse. And it's it's very valuable. Well, I would say, Carolyn, I got goosebumps when you told the how did Operation Gratitude get started story. So at the risk of getting more goosebumps here, I don't know if there, if there's any others. Yeah. I think sometimes the way to express the value of what you do is through stories. I don't know if if there are any others that you've held on to that are near and dear to your heart that you'd want to share with our with our audience today? Oh, I've got so many stories, but I know it's I, probably hard to pick. Yeah, it is. But I thought maybe if it's okay with you, I would read a letter from a recipient sure. that, that has fan. very special Fantastic. meaning for me. Yes. Love that. Okay, so I'm a sergeant in the Marine Corps, currently deployed on board USS Macon Island. We received care packages from Operation Gratitude, and I wanted to express our gratitude for the donation. Everybody was so excited to open them and check out all the goodies. I think the Beanie Babies were one of the biggest hits, and I'll tell you that story afterward, (laughs) along with the caffeine sources, of course. My personal favorite, though, were all the sweet cards written by people who don't even know us but took the time to express their appreciation for the armed forces. Those notes make our day and remind us why we do what we do. The American people and our beautiful country are worth the sacrifice. I, too, am grateful for everyone who serves with me and who has served before me, paving the way for freedom. Thank you for what you do and for taking your time and resources to serve us. You make a difference and we are grateful. May God bless you. So the reason that has extra special significance to me is that my son's first deployment was on that same ship, USS Macon Island. It was actually the main voyage for that ship. And I remember the impact on me when I was making his care package. I mean, kind of alluded to it earlier in this conversation, but 
I remember being at the armory and we were sending care packages, not just to my son, but frankly, to the entire strike force. So we were doing about 6,000 care packages that day for for his Marines, for all the the sailors on Macon Island, as well as the other ships sailing with them. And we had, it was a big assembly day. We had hundreds and hundreds of volunteers there. And I was walking down the assembly line, making my son's package. And I was totally in my own head, you know, and, and I was it was a very surreal moment because I couldn't believe I was actually making my own child's package. At one point, somebody, I, I heard a noise and I looked up and I saw the sea of people, of volunteers, ma- you know, just passionately making these care packages. And it was the most overwhelming feeling because I realized I don't know these people and they don't know me and they certainly don't know my son and all of his Marines and all those sailors, but they've all just come here because of them. And I was overwhelmed. It was such a powerful moment. And that's when I think I totally understood the importance of Operation Gratitude. It's not just for the troops. It's for their families. It's for their loved ones. It's for, it's for the whole country. I mean, it's, it's the way that all of us can participate. So that, this letter, I, every time I look, read it, you know, it just, it brings back those memories and those feelings and, and the joy. And, and my love for Operation Gratitude and all the people who are part of it. Yeah. Well, what I think is awesome is you've, you've reflected on the fact that they keep the letters that you send to them and mm-hmm. here you're, you've kept that letter as well. So yeah. I, I think that. Yeah, yeah full circle. Oh, we've kept every letter that we ever yeah. received back, both hard copy and, and, you know, email digital. In fact, we're archiving all of it right now. Oh, oh. The same Kelly who I mentioned before with the handmade with love, she's personally scanning every letter. And I'm telling you, we've got thousands and thousands of them. So an interesting book compilation. Carolyn, you've got this interim tag on your name now. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think you should take that off, but (laughs) I'm going to call you Howard Schultz from Starbucks (laughs) because he goes away, comes back, but yeah, I'm sure you're on the search for someone to work with you and and lead the, lead that. I'm getting a little old here (laughs) for this, Tom. Yeah. So one final thing, as we wind down the conversation, Mm -hmm. And this has been a pure joy for me and for it's Jody been awesome, yeah. to oh, hear the story you. and to hear your passion. And if people aren't going on your website right now, shame on them because there's uh, the Operation Gratitude Store is pretty cool. I think it's called the Gratitude Store. But just wearing the wearing anything or having anything with your name on it would be such pride for people. Oh, well, thank so, you. Way to go! As we wind down, is there is there any other tidbit you want to share? With the group, is there a, is there a, you know, you've done 3.8 million care packages. Is your goal 100 million by the end of the week? Or do you want more? <laughs> or, like, yep, I gotta uh, go. I, <laughs> gotta go, gotta go gotta to the go, assembly line. Go. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I, it, for me, it was never about the numbers. It, you know, I, I don't want to set arbitrary goals and say, oh, well, we've got to get to that. We've got to get to that. Okay. It's not that, you know, I want to, I want to provide a care package for every person who requests it, certainly or who we receive a request for, we would love, you know, ultimately, I mean, the, the, the real vision is that every person who serves knows that the American people appreciate them and care about them and value their service. I mean, and so we do it by sending, providing care packages. I mean, that's how Operation Gratitude yeah, does it. Well said. And so I would love that for the day to come that every person who serves really believes in their heart that the American people care. And you put that quote, you, you talked about the quote and, and a quote on your website about, I'm going back over there and I know I won't make it, make it back this time, but 
does anybody really care? Right. And man, do they care now. Yeah. So thank you for your service. Thanks for being a true patriot too. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's really, it's my honor to be on here. And thank you for, for giving me this forum to reach your audience. You got it. Will you stay with us? Stay with us for just a minute, okay? Sure. We, we won't keep you much longer, I promise. But we do have this thing we like to do at the end of every podcast called the Military Minute. I'm going to change the name to Sense for Service. I'm going to, I'm, I got to change. It. I'm going to steal that. Well, at least her. now you'll have something to work on for the whole rest of the day <laughs> instead of your actual job. Yeah. So it's it's a military trivia game sense. we like to play with our listeners. So last episode's military minute question was: Which actor was offered the role of Jack Dawson in Titanic, which we established I'd never watched, but turned it down? Does Carolyn, Carolyn, do you know that you can't you can't text Annie? Okay, you gotta. <laughs> I you, didn't know who. Who was supposed to play you know, the role? I actually know this, and I can't. No, you don't. The name. I thought. Well, I once read it. I feel like I did, but no, I don't know it. I won't come up. It with was it. Johnny Depp. See, and she felt like oh. you know. I knew with certainty. I didn't what, know that it. might have changed the whole <laughs> narrative, right? If it was a that different. Would have been weird. Sometimes you got to have the right actor doing the right thing. You right? do. That's for sure. You do. You do. So if you answered that correctly, watch for your name to drop as the uh, military minute winner for last episode, and I'll tell you what that means in just a second. But to fast forward to this week's Military Minute, what is the name of the poem that was the inspiration behind wearing red poppies on Memorial Day? Nobody answer. Carolyn, don't answer. This she is for the audience. <laughs> Do you know that answer? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. say it. Okay. I won't say it. Well, she could go on her social media and answer. If you think you know the answer, when we drop this podcast, make sure that you comment your answer and you will be entered to win a chance for $50 for you and $50 for a charity of your choice. Just like whoever answered Johnny Depp last week, and then you can you can decide what to do with that. And I heard today loud and clear that OperationGratitude.com has opportunities to put that hundred dollars to good use. I agree. Yes. If you enjoyed today's episode, go out to AFBank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure you rate us and you leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform. And those platforms include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So thank you, Carolyn. You did a fantastic job, and I can't wait to share your story with the audience. Oh, well, thank you again. I really appreciate this. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the Militarily Speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.